we here? Yes, this is Danny Catch, one of the hosts of Working Class Heroes. Is that you, Max? That is me. We are okay. on. All right. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Is my co-host Yanni there? Yanni, can you hear us? So maybe while we're waiting on her, I'll get us started. Welcome to Working Class Heroes Radio, a station by working people, about working people in New York City. This is our first live episode. If you can't tell, we're already having some technical difficulties, but I'm very excited nonetheless. We're continuing our discussion this week about the questions of housing, rent, and evictions during COVID-19. And we're going to be speaking with a housing attorney, union member, and activist, uh, Aaron Neff. Um, and Max, maybe if Yanni's still not on, maybe if you could try to patch her in by phone. Okay, uh, I will look for that phone number. Do we want the clip in the meantime? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do <laughs> All it. Right. Thank you. <laughs> All across the country, from Los Angeles, Philadelphia to New York, tens of thousands of tenants banded together in the largest coordinated rent strike in decades. I know a lot of families who couldn't pay the rent on April 1st. And now they're on their second month. Frustration and fear mounting for essential workers whose jobs have become more critical during the coronavirus pandemic. Well, that was the clip. All right. Thanks, Max. I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time hearing uh, hearing the clips. But so let me let me get us going. That clip was from the Today Show. On May 1st, since then, New York State Governor Andrew Cuomo has extended a temporary moratorium on evictions for some tenants, but he still refuses to cancel rent. Faced with a potential tidal wave of evictions, many New Yorkers are participating in a rent strike. And many more would consider join, but they're worried about breaking housing laws, which is where our guest is going to come in. The Legal Aid Society's housing unit is predicting um, that we may see 50,000 new eviction cases filed immediately after June 20th. That's 50,000 families facing homelessness. Uh, my co-host, Yanni, she's a housing case handler in the Bronx, just like Aaron. So we've been talking about this issue a lot. And that's why we're very excited to chat with Aaron Neff, who, as a housing attorney and organizer with Legal Workers Rank and File, has a unique and important perspective about how rent strikes have helped win the housing laws we have today and argue why they're necessary in these times. So stick Thank around you, here, Aaron. Thank so you much. Oh, hey, you're with me. All right. Yes, I am. <laughs> Hey, you want to take you want to take us to the take us to the music break with the last part? Of course. Hi, all. My name is Johnny Guzman, and I'm also your host tonight. So stick around to hear Aaron discuss the importance of rent strikes and can- rent cancellation and the role of legal service workers in that fight. This is where rotens and roaches are like family. Cause we share the same meals, top ramen, cereal, Kool-Aid, it's no family complaints. Everything's enjoyed that we refrigerate and put in cabinets. We feel 30 below air from cracked windows, no heat for when Richmond wind blows, no AC to cool down the weather that makes us sweat, neglect the only thing we get, fungus disintegrating the walls, bathroom sink replaced bathtub, only place where I can wash my body. Everybody come through the door except people who repair. Why are elevators broken in a place made for people who are disabled? How can we use stairs when we roll the wheels of our chairs and lean our bodies on canes and walkers? No one is responsive. Feel like I'm talking to myself when help is asked to restore something as simple as a lock on the gate so I can feel safe. Never get any phone calls returned. Don't get to talk to anything more than a machine. This is home. It's not built for us to survive.
That was This Is Home, a spoken word piece by DeAndra Evans, William Hartfield Peoples, and Dante Clark, three poets from Richmond, California, who worked with the Off-Page Project to document conditions in local housing projects. And now we're excited to welcome housing activist and attorney Erin Neff. Hello. Can you all hear me? Hi, Erin. Yes, Erin. Hey. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining us. Um, Danny, are you here with us? All righty. So, Erin, let's get started, okay? Yes. Yeah, I'm it. really excited to chat with you. So, as a housing lawyer and activist, can you please help us unpack what the new extension of the moratorium means to working-class New Yorkers? And in your opinion, is the moratorium enough to address the looming issue of mass eviction? Sure. So um, Governor Cuomo's executive order uh, supposedly uh, extended the moratorium to August 20th, but it's not a real moratorium. Um there's still a full moratorium in effect until June 20th, but after June 20th, people can start to be evicted. Eviction cases can move forward. Um, and the difference now is that you can stop an eviction if you can show that you are financially impacted by COVID-19 through collecting unemployment or by some other means. Um, so it's not a, a full moratorium, and it... Um, you know, it creates these loops for tenants to jump through in order to receive um, the eviction moratorium relief. It puts the burden and onus on the tenants to prove it. Um, and directives are coming out of this that are um, that make it even harder for the tenants to prove it. For instance, a court directive came out saying that all landlords have to do to move forward with an eviction proceeding is provide an affidavit saying, no, the tenant wasn't impacted by COVID-19. Um, which is a very, very, very small hurdle for landlords uh, to overcome that can have devastating effects on tenants. Um, the moratorium uh, doesn't do anything to uh, cancel rent, um, to provide any universal relief. Um, I just found out, too, that New York just passed the, the Emergency Rent Relief Act um, that's supposed to help people... Uh, receive money through the CARES Act to redirect some of that money to tenants in New York. And it also falls very, very short from helping tenants um, and is very, very short from the demand of the tenant movement right now, which is to cancel rent. Right. Well, and so I guess what I'd like to know as a legal, serv legal service worker um, it seems to me that many housing legal workers are caught in a debate, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but activists are calling for a rent strike. But many of the non-profit housing law organizations are at best ignoring the movement and at worst actively opposing it. Can you summarize the arguments on both sides and explain why, as a legal worker, you support the rent strike? Sure. Um, so now is a good time to say that my views are that of my own and not uh, the organization I work for, um, which is the Legal Aid Society. Um, I do think there are some internal debates that aren't very public, um, so I won't, you know, call any individuals in particular, but I do think there's a small group of lawyers, many of which hold higher positions in multiple legal service organizations, a lot of, um, a lot of different legal service organizations that believe that canceling rent might be unconstitutional, 
um, that have pressures from their funders, that have political pressures not to support such a radical demand. Uh, I think a really important thing to keep in mind is that these legal service nonprofits are funded by the city. They're funded by the state. They're funded by rich foundations that uh, receive their money from rich people. And none of those entities um, want a radical tenant movement that disrupts that fabric. Um, they want the status quo, and those pressures are coming down on these legal service organizations. So a lot of people um, are listening to that and, and not listening to the tenant movement. Um, I think there's also sort of a complacency, this, this idea that cancel rent's never going to happen because nothing that, like that has ever happened before. But I think it's our responsibility as legal service workers, it's my responsibility as a tenant lawyer to listen to the tenant movement and be part of the tenant movement. Um, as a rank-and-file worker, um, I want to be in solidarity with tenants. I'm a tenant myself. And um, I think the only way we progress as a society is by taking risks and making radical demands and not um, being afraid because it's never been done before. And in order to really properly provide relief to tenants, we need to cancel rent. Providing uh, vouchers for landlords, that's just a handout to a landlord. Making tenants um, explain why they need the relief, um, making them have to prove themselves for needing the relief. These are all things that are being proposed or have been passed that are being put onto tenants. And housing is a human right. Cancel rent is a universal demand, and that is what tenants deserve. And that's why myself and groups like the Legal Worker Rank and File, which is legal service workers in these industries, are supporting the cancel rent campaign and the larger tenant movement over the interests of city and state funders. Thank you. And so I guess we're getting, you know, coming back to this um, idea that legal service workers, just like myself, right, I'm not just a worker, I'm also a tenant, right? And so I need to find and harness that power, not only in my community, but in my workplace. And so, Erin, uh, you're not just a member of your union called the Association of Legal Aid Attorneys, but you're also a member of a cross-union organization called the Legal Workers Rank and Files which has been organizing support for the cancel rent campaign and rent strikes. Could you talk about the LWRF and share with our listeners how they can get involved? Sure. I'm very happy to talk about it. I actually just came from an LWRF meeting. Um, check out LWRF.org if you work in a legal service organization, whether union or not. Most are unionized, but we welcome non-union rank-and-file members, too. Please, no bosses, no management. Sorry. Um, and uh, what we're doing is we're it, – it benefits the nonprofit industry to have these different organizations and these workers divided. So we're challenging that by creating this organization that brings us together um, so that we can fight for common goals. Right now, a lot of the rank-and-file union workers and non-union workers um, at these legal service organizations all support the cancel rent campaign. Um, LWRF includes lawyers, paralegals, social workers, and administrative staff. And we're all coming together to support the campaign, even though a lot of our organizations don't. Um, through the Legal Worker Rank and File, we've been able to get our unions to endorse the cancel rent campaign through using our union's democratic processes. 
Um, we've been, we've had our members inside our unions uh, writing statements that the union then uses um, to promote the cancel rent campaign. And then we're strategizing and organizing about how we can actually um, get to a place where we can represent the buildings that are going on rent strike and that we can mm. um, directly support uh, the tenants who are going on rent strike. Um, and the, the whole purpose of that is to really, you know, make radical demands, make demands that are democratic and not be beholden to the bureaucratic structure of nonprofits. Wow, that's fascinating, Aaron. It's so fascinating that it brought, gave you the power to get back on the air. So listen, when we come back, <laughs> Aaron will be taking questions and comments. So we want you to give us a call at 212 209 2877 and that number again is 212-209-2877 we'll be right back You are listening to Working Class Heroes Radio on WBAI 99.5 FM, New York's community radio. We're looking, to, we're looking for calls right now, people who want to talk to Aaron about the issues of legal workers and the rent strike. So call, give us a call at 212-209-2877. Just so you know, that song you were just hearing was Rent Party from Booker T. Jones. Kind of wish we could have heard more of it because it's so good. Um, but we've got too good a guest to talk to. We're talking to Aaron. So, um, Max, are there any calls yet, or are we still waiting? Uh, no, we are waiting for the first okay. call. 212-209-2877. Thank you. While we're waiting, we have plenty more to talk to Aaron about. Um, one question I had for you, Aaron, uh, that we haven't gotten a chance to talk to you yet, and I have to warn you, we may interrupt you if we get a call. But um, no I'm just wondering, your own personal... Um, your own personal story here, you're presenting a vision of the law that's pretty different than what we usually hear. And I'm wondering, where did your vision of this come out of? Does, does it come out of your personal history at all? What is it that made you want to become a housing lawyer in the first place? That's a great question, Danny. Um, thank you. I, so I think this comes from, I mean, I think we live in an unfortunate situation where um, people who are more privileged are able to go to law school um, and are able to become lawyers and, and then end up at legal service organizations. Personally, the only reason I was able to go to law school was because of the the program that no longer exists, but the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program um, that I'm sure enabled a lot of other people who wouldn't have otherwise thought that they could afford law school um, to be able to go to law school. Um, but I think because of that, um, privileged background that a lot of lawyers do come from, um, you see, you know, you, you sometimes see people who kind of think like they know the right thing to do and they know what's best for tenants and coming from this very like top down approach. Um, mm -hmm. 
that not, and that's Ellen, a lot of tenant lawyers don't have that, but I think that there is an element of that because of that privileged background. And I wanted to make sure that I, I wasn't like that. And, um, and I think also being in a union, um, really solidifies that perspective and being a lawyer too, because a union is all about collective action. It's about working in solidarity. It's about being a worker. Um, and it's about being democratic. And if you believe in that and you believe in labor rights and you believe in what it means to be in a union, you got to take those values with you, um, in, in your job and your organizing and your activism to continue to work collectively and listen to each other and be in solidarity. And, um, the traditional, um, sort of stuffy, uh, notion of a, a client attorney relationship that you might see on TV or something like that, it, it's not, um, it doesn't embody those, those collective values that I think are really important. Um, so yeah, so I don't want to be a stuffy lawyer. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> We're very happy that you're not. <laughs> so, again, if you have any comments on rent strike, rent cancellation, or you're a legal service worker, give us a call at 212-209-2877. We have Erin Neff on the air. Come at us. <laughs> um, Mike, do you have any other callers? No, currently no callers. 212-209-2877. Wait, there's a caller coming in. All right. Well, welcome to BAI. You're on the air. Hello, caller. Are you there? Hello. Go ahead, caller. Hi. I I I, I want to act in solidarity. I'm 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 a tenant, but even the term tenant is an oppressive term. I've lived in a building for 26 years. My compañero that I lived with for. Uh, for over 50 years is no longer with us and I'm fighting for it. That's only my... The goal is I don't think right now we can accomplish anything without revolutionary action. And I have to mention the justification for that is the, is the Civil War. Slavery was ended. That Also, many banks in the North had most of their ownings in slave property. Not a penny was paid, and no one's ever called it illegal. A revolution isn't going to be permitted, but it has to be made. I have an old Communist Party friend who keeps saying these aren't revolutionary times. I think if these aren't revolutionary times, a revolution will never be made. And I want to let you know I'm completely in solidarity with what you're trying to do. Thank you so much for that. We really appreciate Thank you. your solidarity. Aaron, do you have any thoughts on that comment? When's the revolution? No, I mean, thanks so much. What was that? Thank you. All right, now um, we have some calls. Oh. Okay, I'm going to get off now. Okay, thank you. Thank you. So, our, our next caller, welcome to Working Class Heroes. Thanks, it's Russell up in White Plains. Hi, Russell. Hi, Russell. Hi. Hi. You know, I want to be honest. I don't believe we need to mask up. But I think tactically, in order to have a cause of action in housing court, one possible way of doing it would be to say, if any other tenant doesn't observe the masking in the hallways, then rent could reasonably be withheld till the landlord dealt with the so-called disruptive tenant. Now, I think people could withheld rent 
and say, look, I feel the warranty of habitability is being violated because my health is at risk. They can withhold rent for a, a, quite a while that way and almost insist that the other tenant be evicted. Now, of course, I would never want to see that, and I don't think any housing court judge would evict a tenant for not wearing a mask, but, you know, who knows? I'm just trying to suggest a tactical approach to withholding rent because just saying, hey, I don't want to pay rent because I don't have any rent, that's not going to fly in housing court. You guys know that. It's an arcane place, and I just think you have to have a hook to hang your hat on. And I'll just listen to other callers. Thanks very much. Thanks, Russell, for that. Aaron, so what, what do you what do you what do you think about what Russell is bringing up that there needs to be, you know, uh, one his specific suggestion around the mask, but also that there needs to be some sort of a hook, um, you know, for, for the rent strike to, to hang on. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's really important that in this moment, tenants stand in solidarity with each other. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't want to direct our, our energies and our action toward a tenant who, who isn't wearing a mask. Um, you know, I think the best approach to that is to really to, to try to talk to that person from a distance and explain, you know, hopefully um, why they should be wearing a mask. Because if we are thinking as a society more collectively, um, if we have that more in our culture, I think people would be wearing masks more. Um, and I think that, you know, at Legal Worker Rank and File, and I imagine a lot of people at Working Class Heroes, part of the fundamental problem with the housing system in the United States is that it's a for-profit model that landlords are able to hold tenants hostage, hold this basic human need of, of housing, of shelter hostage until they get money. And that's the fundamental problem that we're dealing with here. Um, so that, that energy, that, that, that movement should be directed at the landlord and not at other tenants. Um, as far as having a, a cause of action in, in housing court and how that would play out, um, I, you know, most landlords have plenty of warranty of habitability claims that already exist in their building that we don't need to, you know, focus it, again, focus the energies on other tenants. A lot of buildings right. in um, New York are in disrepair, have mold, have rats. Um, you know, I'm sure so many people listening can sympathize to that and that right there is a warranty of habitability claim already and the right to counsel coalition who is who's a big mover in the council right campaign and um, the lawyers and advocates and paralegals working on that campaign are working on all sorts of defenses to non-payment cases being brought for COVID-19 um, and have a whole legal team behind them to uh, bring the to have defenses and to have strong causes of action as well. If you'd like, we can take one more call. Sure. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, It'll have to be a little quick, but, but, but caller, welcome to WBAI Working Class Heroes. Hi, this is Tim. I'm in New, New, New Jersey. Um, I'm, I'm just curious to know, it seems to me like uh, to really have an effective rent strike, you're going to need to cover a very large area of the country and to what extent, and I think this might be in some of the background of what you've been saying, are you able to connect with people in other areas who might be dealing with the same issues, uh, or do you think that's useful? That's a good question. Thank you so much. I'm not warn you, Aaron. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're going to have to be a quick answer because we are running out of time. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll take my answer off the air. Cool. Thanks, Tim. Um, I'll just say real quick quickly that there, there are the rent strikes are passing all across the country and that right now the rent strikes that are happening in New York City is the largest rent strike since the 1930s. And just Google rent strikes, 
um, early 20th century, there were massive rent strikes just in New York City, and that led to the first rent regulation laws that we have. So I think that we can repeat the same thing in New York City again today. That's brilliant. Thank you, Erin. So I does, it does seem like we are out of time. Half hour is a short time for a show. There's so much to talk about, but this has been um, so really informative. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Aaron, for, for coming and talking to us and, you know, informing us. Thank you all. Thank you for having me on and solidarity forever. Solidarity. Solidarity. All right. Well, thank you so much, Aaron, for joining us tonight. All right. Have a good night. In the back. Come on in the track. That's our show for this week. If you have a story of your own or want to share your thoughts about this week's episode, give us a call at 929-352-0134. Leave a name, a phone number, and we'll get back to you. Again, that number is 929-352-0134. We'll be back next Thursday at 7.30 p.m. right here on WBAI 99.5 FM. New York City's main source of community radio. You can support this station by becoming a BAI buddy at WBAI.org. Next week, we will conclude our housing series by hosting a roundtable with the organizers we spoke to throughout the month. If you missed our last show, head over to WCHradio.org to hear previous episodes. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at WCHpod. Stay safe, stay healthy, New York, and as always, in solidarity.